0: and lanky, Mace Hernandez, was the type of person who lit up a room when he walked into it. His mouth seemed perpetually set in a smile, and he wore his good looks with an easiness that kept him from being unapproachable. His ship, the Loy, had landed by the time Talon got back to the docking base, and Mace pulled Talon into a hug and clapped him on the back. Good to see you. Here you are at Selection. Anyone promising? Hmm. Talon liked Mace. He had a tremendous respect for the man. He didn't like him enough to spill the beads on Loki, though. He gave a noncommittal shrug. I'm sure there's whatever you're looking for. Not really looking. Mace's already wide smile got even wider. We're getting jaded, you know. First few years it was like being a kid in a candy store, huh? Now we look at them all and go, eh. Talon laughed. Mace had a way with words. The two of them had become commanders right around the same time, and Mace was right. For the first few years as a commander, selection had been something Talon would drop nearly anything to be at right from day one. He had agonized over some picks. This year, satisfied with his crew, he hadn't even remembered it was happening. So, Nick said you wanted to speak to me? Yeah. Mace looked around the launchpad. She here? Are you trying to poach her off my team? Because if you are, let me tell you, I will kill you in your sleep. I've offered, Mace said, unrepentant. She turned me down. So did Jester. You tried to take my pilot? You'd still have Sphinx. But no. I was going to see if you wanted to tag along to Ymir. Figured you might not have gotten the call yet. Emir. Every sense was on high alert. More targets? Eh. Well, we wouldn't be going to Ymir exactly. Word on the street, well, central intelligence, is that the warlord's been ordering weapons. A lot of weapons. Talon's eyebrows shot up. And we're charged with intercepting them? Hell, if they played their cards right, they wouldn't even have to change the ship's trajectory. Just deliver the weapons to the Resistance instead of the Warlord. More like we're supposed to nip it all in the bud, find out who's trying to broker the deals and take those links out. That's the worst way to do that, Talon argued. He braced his feet wide, crossed his arms, and frowned off into the middle distance. If we keep nipping it in the bud, it's not like he's going to give up. Though, wait a moment. His frown deepened. You're sure the weapons were for the Warlord? Who else would they be for? The Resistance. You have a high opinion of their capabilities. How the hell would they buy weapons? No one's financing them. Mace considered. Though, someone should. When the Warlord gets off, it's going to be a fight for those mines, and if they take control. He gave a low whistle and rubbed his fingers and thumb together to indicate a windfall. Hell, if I had money, I'd be loaning them some just for the return. You missed your calling as a merchant, Talon said with a grin. But to answer your question, a call for weapons for the Resistance went out just a few days ago. Mace frowned. And you know this from... People. Talon gave a bland smile. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if the warlord knows, and he has to, doesn't he? He's probably stocking up too. That makes no sense. He doesn't broker little weapons deals with petty smugglers. He'd just order one shipment. What the hell does he need guns for, anyway? All's guards have weapons. More guns aren't going to help unless they all grow a second set of arms. Talon drummed his fingers on his gauntlets. No. These have to be weapons deals for the resistance, and intelligence got it backwards. Intelligence doesn't get things backwards, Mace said dryly. Not that backwards, anyway. Talon swallowed. He liked Mace. He trusted Mace. But with that sentence hanging in the air, one thing had become abruptly clear. With the resources and collective brainpower of Alliance Intelligence, it was not only unlikely that they would have failed so many times at finding a way to take out the Warlord once they already had boots on the ground. It was impossible. Which meant someone in Intelligence was in the Warlord's pocket. How had he not understood that earlier? It was the only logical conclusion. Hell, even Soros had been halfway to realizing it the last time they talked. There was no reason that his agent should have failed to get the information correctly so many times. He had to be wondering, in the same not-quite-conscious way Talon had, who could be trusted and who could not. Look, Talon said finally, do me a favor. He waited for Mace's cautious nod. Forward me the briefing. You should have it. Talon was not willing to bet on that. Forward it anyway. And any dragons you come across personally, ask them to disregard it too. I'm going to double-check them with a source I have. Intelligence will have checked them. Mace looked incredibly uncomfortable now, and Talon didn't blame him. When you were the one who pointed a weapon and shot, you had to trust implicitly that the people who gave you targets could be trusted. How often have we had communications from the Resistance on Emir? He asked lightly, making a joke of it. Maybe they know something I don't. Maybe the warlord is trying to get weapons by posing as the resistance, huh? It was, in fact, a legitimate possibility, flushing potential allies to the resistance out into the open. Just give me a few days to check it out, will you? Mace hesitated, but he had known Talon too long to think this was an idle request. He nodded. I'll spread the word. Thank you. Talon looked over his shoulder to where Nix was heading down the path. I think I'm needed. I'll see you soon. Maybe on Seneca if you're going back to checkout selection. Eh. Mace lifted his shoulder in an elaborate shrug. I'll wait to hear from you. He headed back to his ship and Talon tapped his comm unit. Mars, would you get a message to Alexander Soros? Sure. Mars's voice was heavy with unasked questions. Tell him I'd like to talk about the weapons deals for Emir. I think I may have some intel he should see, and I want him to hold off on asking the dragons to strike just yet. Anything else? That's all. I'll tell him Lazadi's info in person. Set up a call with our 2 will you? I need to get her these targets to cross-reference. Of course. Call to your cabin? Yep. Talon headed up the ramp, his brows drawn together in a frown. He didn't like this at all. The call came in from the Delta Athene system, and Lizzati frowned at the data signature before accepting it. Either you're calling to congratulate me on my sleuthing, or tell me... She broke off when she saw Talon's face. Ah, I see it's the second one. What happened to Manes? Dead, Talon said shortly. He didn't seem to feel the need to explain. Once Talon had picked a direction for the conversation, Lisseti had found, he was rarely in the mood to be distracted by such trivialities as whether or not everyone knew what was going on. It was what made him so intriguing to talk with. She always came away with more questions, and, in Lizetti's line of work, knowing what question to ask was more than half the battle. "'I see.' She tilted her head slightly to examine him. He did not seem to be particularly bloody or dirty. Whatever had happened, it had clearly happened before the battle had been joined. "'What can I do for you, then?' "'I need to run some names past you.' Talon's fingers moved somewhere off-screen, and she heard keys being pressed with more force than was strictly necessary." I'd pull them out of the brief, but there isn't time and some of them aren't even named in the first place. I need you to look at these immediately. If the weapons are for the warlord, I want to stop them. If they aren't, I need to call off the rest of the dragons. Lizadi, in the act of looking over at another screen for the data transmission, stopped to gaze back at him. There was a great deal he wasn't saying. Talon. Yes? His voice did not sound welcoming of argument. When you started this, I told you to be careful. He stared at her in stony silence. And you didn't listen at all, did you? Because if you're asking the question, I think we both know someone is sending the dragons after resistance targets. And you're right in the middle of it. For the first time since she had known him, Telen Rift looked uncertain. She saw his urge to end the call at once and pretend he had not heard the words she said. They assassinated Hoa, he said finally. They've been feeding false intel up to us for years. They've been telling us to pull out when we got too close, haven't they? It was them. Who? him it was who? Lizady found herself leaning forward. He bought an agent. He has to have. Yes, money, intelligence is big. Someone has to have gotten through. Talon had been looking away, but now he looked directly at Lizady, and it was all she could do not to flinch. She was not often scared, but she understood the thirst for raw vengeance when she saw it. I don't know who they are, Talon said softly, but I will find them, Lizadie. Find out for me if these people are the Warlords or if they're helping the Resistance. I'll be in touch with more questions. Lizadie nodded. She closed the call and found herself staring at the dark screen. She had never doubted that the Warlord would have agents and intelligence, but it had not occurred to her until now that they would feed false information to the dragons, even in the midst of their operations. But it made sense. The question was, who were they? She shuddered slightly. She did not envy them their fate when Talon caught up with them. Julian Abravea opened the folder carefully and paused, reading the top few sentences of each memo before placing them carefully on Alexander Soros' desk. He had been Soros' personal assistant for several years now, a silent and very pale shadow at the man's side. Most people didn't notice him, and he had sometimes wondered if Soros only knew he was there by habit, holding out a casual hand for the briefings that Julian always had ready, inclining an ear to be informed of recent developments. Though he did not need, as some did, to be reminded of names or relevant facts as people approached him. He never forgot a face or a personal history. By now, he must know the majority of the agents who worked in the intelligence offices on Seneca, but he had been asking questions lately. He wanted to know more of them. He was looking for something specific. Julian's fingers paused as he read the last memo. Talon Rift requested a halt to a certain dragon mission. His lips curving, as if at a private joke, Julian Abravea closed the folder without placing Rift's request on the desk. Alexander Soros would not need to see it. Aha! Things are getting twisty. Mace has a mission that Talon doesn't have... And Talon's asking for a halt to a mission, but Sorus isn't going to see that message. And L'Zady is worried that Talon isn't appreciating the gravity of the situation, and, well... I shouldn't be amused by this, actually, because it's the start of what's going to be a deeply, deeply troubling revelation for everyone involved. Except possibly Julian, of course. Who seems to know exactly what's going on. More on that later. And honestly, I think I'm going to let this chapter hang, because it's pretty good as it is. Until next week.